And we are back for episode 25 of Journey to a Million. And you might be wondering why I'm laughing. But Zach, just before we recorded, was like, oh, this is episode 21. (laughs) And he just, you know, he's four weeks behind on the episodes. But I'm just so focused on getting the best content for the listeners that I just forget the episode number. Yeah, and that makes sense because, you know, around four weeks ago, Zach, we announced episode 26 is going to be a live episode. Journey to a Million live at the Oshkosh Arena, the 1212 Sports Pub and Grill. We've been advertising this thing like crazy. You know, people are starting to mark themselves as going, and we're really looking forward to this. Look, we're giving out free merchandise. Yeah, we announced that it's officially free merchandise for our trivia. We're unveiling the new logo, and we're announcing all the rebranding information at that event. And we're going to be talking about NFL stuff, Green Bay Packers stuff, and even, you know, we'll tie in some NFL futures stuff. You know, we'll, we'll pick it a little bit of betting, right? Journey to a million. And we might have a little bit of an interactive game. We'll play with that as well. So, look, I'm really looking forward to this event. I know my I, I know my co-hosts, Zach Roush and Jared Vlesky, are also looking forward to this on the Journey to a Million. So, look, uh, with that here, guys, I mean, are you guys ready to do an off-season preview here? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Didn't even announce the teams yet because we're so excited for next Friday. But look, let's talk about it. The Chargers of Los Angeles will be the first team. And then we'll be talking about the Dallas Cowboys, America's team, in the second half of this episode. Look, this Chargers episode for the first half will be a lot of fun. As Zach, as many of you know, is a big fan of Justin Herbert. And when I say big fan, I mean big fan. So this should be an interesting first half to an episode. But, you know... To talk about last season, we'll start with Jared here. You know, as we always do, let's hear your grade for the LA Chargers. Might be an unpopular opinion, um, especially if Zach goes next, but I'm going as low as a C minus. This team didn't make the playoffs, and uh, <clears throat> I don't care what you say, Zach, but Justin Herbert hasn't shown anything that he can make the playoffs. Um, <laughs> obviously, Brandon Staley went for two a few times, and they they you know lost a few games because of it, but. This team has the weapons to be good. They just haven't proven that they can be a playoff team yet. So I don't care how high you go, but this is still a great team. But I, I think that they just haven't proven anything yet. I'll give them a C plus. I think they uh, they underperformed. Uh, they're probably a playoff team last year. Uh, obviously, they had quite a few holes on the defense, which I think they did a very good job of shoring up this offseason. And I think they're going to be better next year. But last year, I think that defense really hurt them and held the team back. Look, I'll go C, but, you know, I would have gone B if they would have done the tie. The tie. tie. You know, whenever we have a team that was involved in the tie, I have to talk about it. You know, it would have gave them a playoff berth. It would have gave them, you know. Was it Staley that called timeout? Yeah. Yeah, that's that. You know, that's why I go with the C. But look, I I, Brandon Staley, you know, his way of coaching, it's something else. It's very unorthodox, I feel, in terms of risk taking. I like it. You know, he's an analytic, analytically driven guy. You know, I kind of compare him, you know, maybe to the sense of what what we might see on Mike McDaniel this year, but maybe not as risky, but just, you know, with some sorts of play design and such. And look, they're both working with young quarterbacks. And I, I know. Uh, Justin Herbert, you know, is a bigger talent, of course, than what Tua is, in my opinion. But uh, look, you know, with the uh, with what they did last year, they certainly, you know, should have made the playoffs, in my opinion, and they didn't. So that's where we have to go with a C for that. But 
look, they came in hot this offseason. Look, these offseason previews, we waited maybe a little too long to do this team, but, you know, we got to talk about all the moves they did. So with that, let's go into the moves that the Los Angeles Chargers did. And boy, like I said, they did a lot of them. Uh, you know, the biggest one, uh, I mean, there's, there's probably two big ones. I guess we'll talk you know, about right away. You know, the Khalil Mack one's got to you know, probably be 1A, and then J.C. Jackson's got to be 1B, in my opinion. Trading for Mack and signing for Jackson. Look, these two moves were big for this Los Angeles Chargers. And I guess personally, you know, I'll, I'll say my favorite is probably still the Khalil Mack one. But uh, Zach, you know, which, which one of those two moves was your favorite? And if there's another one that stands out, go ahead. Floor is yours. Let's say JC Jackson is my favorite move so far this offseason. Um, just because they got him for, I think it was like 16 and a half, 16, somewhere in that range per year. And that's about $4 million less than Jalen Ramsey was. And then as the offseason progressed, we saw the extensions for Jair Alexander and Denzel Ward, both topping the $20 million mark. And at the time the deal was made between Jackson and the Chargers, it was already a good value for the team and JC Jackson still got his money. And then as the offseason progressed, the deal just looked better and better after every cornerback contract. Better for the chargers, not for JC Jackson. Yeah. 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 That's Very team friendly. Yeah. I agree with that. I mean, they're both great moves, but I think that JC Jackson signing was, uh, was a big addition. Obviously we said their defense was their weak point last year. And they filled the, the holes they needed to. And I think that J.C. Jackson coming over from New England is going to be a great a great addition for this team. Yeah, I mean, with what you guys said, $16.5 million for a guy, his resume, cer- certainly a discount there for the Chargers. You know, what he's been able to do. No, it's five years, but still, you know, an insane discount, as you both mentioned. But look, Cleo Mack, you know, getting him for the price they got him. Uh, it it just took a second and a sixth round pick to acquire him. I know he's 31. I know they owe money, but when you get, you know, as we talk about on defense, arguably the most, most important position is edge. And, you know, when you get one of the most, you know, decorated edges over the past, you know, past seven, eight years, you get him and you get pair him with Joey Bosa and you only give up a sick, a second and sixth round pick. I know, I know the money's there. I know you owe him 63.9 million over three years, but, I don't know. It just seems like a perfect situation they're brewing for the Chargers. So I, I like both moves too, but I just like, you know, getting two, you know, all pro level edges com- with, like with both. And I just, I just feel like that's going to be a deadly duo there for the Chargers. But I guess we still talk about other moves they did. I mean, that wasn't, those were the only ones. Look, Mike Williams, very underrated receiver there, him and Keenan Allen, uh, three year, $60 million extension for Mike Williams. You guys feel that was an overpay? I mean, arguably that seems like a hefty price, but what are your thoughts on that, you know, Jared? I mean, for where this team is trying to get to, I think they might have needed to pay him that much. He's a key piece to their offense, and I mean, might be a little overpay, but he showed that he can be that number two receiver on their team behind Keenan Allen. Maybe even some games be that number one. He's had some breakout games, so I don't think it's an overpay. I think that they paid him the right amount, and uh, he's a key piece for them, so I think that that's going to be a good spot for him. Yeah, I kind of agree. I think it was a good value, especially with how the receiver market is has been trending this offseason. I've seen the um, Devonta Adams, Tyreek Hill extensions, and then potentially a Debo extension still coming this offseason. 
I think he has great value and the Chargers um, were able to lock him up and allowed them to use their first round pick on a different position of need. Yeah, and also like the concern with Mike Williams is that third year, his cap charge, listen to this, 27 million. So I mean it's a pretty hefty price there. I mean, arguably you'd you would see I I personally see this contract going two years and then you cut him year three. But again, I, it depends on his progression, right? It depends on how he performs. But uh, I just feel like that might be a, a, the way this contract goes here. But uh, certainly, you know, as you guys mentioned, you competing against other receivers. He's certainly that solid receiver, right? He's not like the top tier guys, but, you know, he's, he's a solid receiver. And, you know, those are receivers. You know, pair him with guys like Allen and, you know, other other threats for Herbert. You know, that that makes this team who they are. And I think they're going to be a great team next year with that as well. And got to talk about some other moves here. Sebastian Joseph day, three or 24 million. They sign him for as very then, underrated as, as very you said, yeah, people have not really talked about that a lot, right? He was with the Rams last year, played interior D line. And that's where Staley had a connection when he, cause he was with the Rams, I believe is how that works. And that's that ended up, you know, saving them uh, not having to draft, you know, guys like, Jordan Davis, right? Not having to go D tackle in that first round, you know, kind of saved it there. And then Austin Johnson, they also get two years, and that was that's up to 14 million. So, yeah, I just want to talk about these two a little bit. Um, go ahead. It's so like these two, they're both great run stoppers. Joseph Day can get to the quarterback too a little bit, but obviously they have Cleo Mack and Joy Boss on the outside. Their biggest issue last year was stopping their run. They had weak points at their D tackle spots, weak points at their middle linebacker spots. And then they went out, addressed that, completely solidified their D line with Joseph Day and Jackson. And I like these two moves almost as much as JC Jackson move. For the price they got them, I mean, yeah, <clears throat> patched up the defense perfectly. And let's now tie this into the draft because as I said, you know, uh, they were they were tied to Jordan Davis in the draft before the signing. And then boom, this signing happens. They had the 17th overall pick, right? They they had a solid draft. I mean, they were able to get a lot of guys, and you know they go Zion Johnson, 17th overall, the guard out of Boston College. You know he was a guy who wasn't really linked in the teens. You know it seemed like maybe a reach at the time, but again, you know these are these are offensive linemen prospects. You know he's sitting six three, three six. He's certainly. You know, with with his stature, it seems like he's going to be a guard, at least in in his career. And, you know, getting in a guy to protect Justin Herbert is going to be key here. You know, they already have Corey Lindsley, a solid, you know, solid center indeed. And they have some other solid linemen there. But getting Zion Johnson is going to be nice for this offensive line. They go JT Woods in the third round out of Baylor safety there. So get some more depth on the defense. But. You know, overall, I mean, they, they got a couple defensive backs. They got another old lineman. They got a running back in the seventh round. So, you know, Xander Horvath out of Purdue was the guy they got there. You know, they're still Beckler, right? I mean, that's not going to change there. But uh, overall, I guess, you know, in the draft, it seemed it seemed like a pretty solid draft there for the Chargers. Maybe wasn't talked about a lot, but, you know, they did what they needed to get done. Yeah, um, obviously, most of their damage came in the offseason before the draft, like we said. And they did use their picks wisely. Obviously, with their 79th pick, they got uh, JT Woods, like you said, <clears throat> the safety to pair with uh, German J- or Derwin James. Their secondary is going to be very well, very good next year. Obviously, JC Jackson then 
So like what they did with the draft, they just patched up some holes, got some depth, and I mean that's all they really had to do. Yeah, I like their secondary with the Woods, the Woods pick. Um, they got some nice corners. Obviously, you said they got Jackson, they got uh, Mike Davis, and then they got um, they signed Bryce Callahan this offseason too. But I know it was a first round pick, so I guess it's not really that out there. But my favorite pick they had was the Zion Johnson pick. I really wasn't a big fan of it at first, but then I started looking into it a little bit after the draft and kind of looking at what analysis thought about him. And he's very versatile, which is good for any line. I mean, obviously me and Drew Packer fans and Elton Jenkins is versatile as well. We saw him move over the line. Yeah. So that just adds that much value to a player. And they have Rashawn Slater, Corey Lindsley, just having another piece that can move around, play wherever they need him. I think that's huge. And that makes this team, you know, certainly a threat, you know, in this, in this regular season, I guess with that, do we want to talk about the schedule for the Los Angeles Chargers in the 2022 to 2023 season? I will go first in the record predictions here, you know, because I've been letting Zach and Jared go before me and, you know, I, I can't be, Drew keeps copying my no, no. predictions. So. <laughs> no, I don't. But I will start here and I will read the schedule. So here are your 17 opponents for your Los Angeles Chargers. All right. Las Vegas Raiders, they play at home at Kansas City, hosting Jacksonville, at Houston, at Cleveland, hosting Denver, hosting Seattle, the bye week, at Atlanta, at San Francisco, hosting Kansas City, at Arizona. At Las Vegas, hosting Miami, hosting Tennessee, at Indianapolis, hosting Los Angeles, the Rams, and then going to Denver. So, look, this schedule is certainly, you know, no easy, no easy task. It's, it's a tough schedule, but I will be going 12 and 5. I, you know, I like the squad, and, you know, Herbert, I, I think year, year three, I think this is going to be. This is going to be, you know, more of us coming out here. So I'm looking forward to it. And look, the moves, I think the edge, I think their defense, you know, certainly seals it for me. I can certainly see this team winning that loaded AFC West. But I'll let Jared go next year. I mean, now it's going to look like I'm copying you. As much as I said about this team, I, I still think they have a breakout year here. I think Herbert, year three, um, puts him in that um, all-star category. I have them going 12 and five as well. I think they're going to win the AFC West, um, maybe a game above the chiefs. Uh, but yeah, I mean, hopefully they can prove something this year because if they don't, I think Herbert's value goes way down and people start thinking like maybe he isn't as good as people see. And I want that to kind of want people to see that now. And I'm hoping that he proves something because like Zach, I've, I've told you, he hasn't done anything these last two years, obviously. I mean, he's got much better defense this year, but you've been giving all that hate to them the whole off season. And then you come out here and say they're going 12 and five with the moves that they made. They, they strengthened their team huge, like huge moves. So yeah, they, they've became one of the powerhouses in the AFC. Yeah. But uh, so my prediction, uh, it's going to kind of depend on two things. One thing can Khalil Mack stay healthy. He's had some injuries over the last two years. So I think if he can stay healthy, that's going to be huge for them. I mean, obviously injuries other places as well, but so Klimax staying healthy and then 
Joe Staley, uh, we kind of talked about earlier how he has been very aggressive, which I do like, but I think he needs to dial it back a little bit. Maybe not be as aggressive and kind of pick his spots a little bit better. They can't be turning the ball over and downs in inside the their own territory. So I think that if he dials that back a little bit more, Cleo Max stays healthy. I think they go 13 and four. Okay. Let's see him four. Yeah, I, I figured Zach, I'd get I thought uh, we might hear 14 out of you. I really thought I was gonna get a 14 and three. And I really <laughs> wanted to see Jared's reaction. But I mean, they have an easy schedule at the beginning of the year, but then it gets a lot harder at the end. Hosting Las Vegas at Kansas City. I, I guess if you include Jacksonville yeah, and Houston, they, they got a couple of easy but games. Yeah, Watson might be back, or, or probably won't be back. I guess was that, that I, so week five. Week that five, would be right? week five. Yeah, so I actually yeah. might be. You know those. I'd say Seahawks bench is probably gonna be like six to eight games. I'd say. You know, and that division is gonna be tough though. I I think they might like yeah. they, might finish a game over five hundred. Like that division's gauntlet. That's just how it is. Uh, but certainly, I, think they go four and I want to hear. Yeah, I want to hear fantasy outlook. Yeah, I want to hear about Justin Herbert. Where do we? Justin Herbert will be QB one. Uh, blank QB1. quarterback <laughs> in fantasy next year. Zach's got QB one. Jared, he was like QB three last year. I would say four I'd or say five. Josh Allen, Herbert, QB one and two. So yeah. then you have QB two. I'll no. go. Herbert will be a top three, I'll say. I'd say he's four. I'd say Mahomes is above. Mahomes doesn't have the weapons, though. But he's still Mahomes. Think, you don't need weapons. Yeah, Rodgers doesn't have I weapons. Think, He'll still perform. What was Mahomes last year, though? What was he, like, three? What Let was me three pull it last up. Year? Yeah. And I, want, I think I want to say Kansas City, they loaded up on running backs. Not really loaded up, but they got Ronald Jones and uh, – I think they still have Darrell, uh, Darrell Williams and Clyde yeah. Edwards Hilaire. So mm-hmm. I think they're going to see a lot of usage other backs. It was Allen, Herbert, Brady, Mahomes, top four. Yeah. Some Mahomes is four, yeah. And Brady's guess, still there, and people are sleeping on him. For fantasy, I'd, I'd say Herbert. Stafford was five. So I, I bring this up because, you know, I guess who would take – Herbert, if Herbert's not like Jared, you said, what'd you say, three or four? Well, or I'd say three or four. Yeah. Who who's gonna finish ahead of him? Is the question. Well, it depends on his year, obviously. But I'd say Allen and Mahomes are top. Allen two. and Mahomes, okay. Because look, and I, I don't know, like Lamar Jackson finished as a QB fifteen last year in fantasy. I don't know. We don't know. I don't he think that's a few games too. Yeah. Lamar's little, gonna improve a lot, but I yeah. think Mahomes is gonna drop too. I have him as my QB five for fantasy this coming year. Holmes, yeah. Who's your he was, what? You say he's four, right? He was four last year. Holmes was four last he, year, three seventy four point six. Exactly. Yeah. Do you have Rodgers and Brady in your top four, or do you have Stafford? I definitely do not have Rodgers. Okay, that makes sense. Rodgers never that amazing. No. Fantasy Rodgers was QB six like last year. Yeah, but like, I mean, I think Lamar is going to have a much better year. I'm not saying top five. Top five. No, no, top I ten. Be around like six, like six or seven, something yeah. like that. Thank you. That's nice to say. Brady, Allen, Herbert, maybe Joe Burrow. Maybe you said he was going to regress. I said the team's going to. The regress. team in a whole will. I think Burrow. They're not making the Super Burrow's Bowl. Burrow's got the. Is that in order, yeah. Zach? Is that in order? You said Brady won. No, no, okay. that was in order. Look, that was just like four guys. 
Okay. Burrow was QB eight last year. I think he certainly moves up. I think, you know, they got the l- weapons look at that. I think I think Herbert's a top three. I could I could easily see a finishing one by the end of this year. I can see maybe Trey Lance too. There's a he's there got, we go. He's Hot got take. some outside potential. He's got he's some like top ten potential or like how I his dual his dual threat ability is gonna be crazy. He's probably gonna be running at least five times a game. If he can put it together with his arm too. I wouldn't oh. go that high with him yet. <laughs> yeah, I'd I say I, okay, probably top ten, maybe not top five, but like he's he's got a little bit of he's got a way to get there. I got yeah. I got another one here to throw out. Austin Eckler will be a top what number running back next year. He was number two last year. Barring no injuries, right? Yeah, this is barring no injuries. What do we think? I certainly don't think he'll finish number two again. And I'm just going to say four or five. I I think, yeah, I think he'll go down. I think Herbert will arguably stay the same. He could, I think he'd pump, you know, going back quarterback, but I think he'll still be around that range. But, you know, I could easily see Eckler. You know, not in the top three next year. I'd say JT and Henry are probably one and two. If they all stay healthy, I would say Henry. If every running back stays healthy, I don't think Henry's top two. Oh, he would have easily been one last year if he didn't get hurt. If CMC stays healthy, I think he's running back one. But he's got to stay healthy. I guess I kind of forgot about the whole health. Yeah, I forgot about him basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I I think that's a fair way to go. You know, James Conner being. Running back number five last year might surprise a lot of people, but he just got touchdowns. He got touchdowns and he get hurt. And you know, that's, that is going to help. He's going to have more opportunity this year though. That's what I'm saying. So, you know, James Conner might be, and as weird as I might sound, you know, he might be a guy. I know we're kind of going off from not really necessarily charges, but we'll bring out fantasy outlook. And I think this is a good way to rank it here. So, Mm -hmm. uh, the consensus says, Eckler is not going to be as high as two as last year. And then we're going to go top, res- five, yeah. top five. We'll go to receiver now. And I, we go to receiver because look, if Herbert's going to have this big year, who's he throwing to is the question. So Mike Williams was wide receiver number nine last year. And then Keenan Allen was wide receiver number 15. My question will be, will the Los Angeles Chargers have two receivers in the top 10 next year for fantasy? Top 10? Top 10. No, they won't. No. Nope. No question. Okay. What no. do you guys feel? How do you guys feel about Mike Williams? though? because last year at the beginning of the year, he saved how many teams he was going crazy. And then second half of the season, he really didn't do as great. Oh, he had like he? one or two good weeks, but it wasn't great. He's like 28. I think something like that. Okay. Late twenties. Keenan Allen's around the same age, a little older, right? Yeah. I think Keenan Allen's 29. Yeah. Okay. I I don't I don't see them both going top. 10. I bring it up because Metcalf Lockett with ten and eleven. So you know I I mean it's not like it it's, it hasn't been done. It's something you know unprecedented. But top twenty for sure, maybe top fifteen, but not top ten. Top ten's a stretch. I yeah I could see potential. You know if 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 Eckler loses some touches and you know we see a lot of like you know passing off. It's like something like we've seen from the Chiefs in, in that sense. I could see, you know, I could see these guys fall in the top 10. But again, that's like that's asking on a lot of these bigger names to maybe not have those big years, too. So it it depends on a lot of other factors. But I still think both of those guys are going to be solid fantasy options regardless. So 
I think Jared uh, Gerald Everett is going to have more uh, targets than Jared Cook did last year too. So yeah. I think that's going to take away some of those receptions. Yeah, Jared Cook was tight in 14 last year, if, if anyone was wondering. Gerald so, Everett might crack top 10 this year. Yeah, I can see that too. Yeah, I like it. I like it. And then I guess, is there any other guys you want to look at for fantasy outlook here before we talk about Dallas Cowboys? How about the defense? Is defense worth drafting this year? I think it is. I think defense is a top five defense for sure. And I think this defense can put points on the board. And I think that's good. what what you want out of defense, right? Like with sacks I mean, too. Yeah. You they basically got, they you got don't guys s- for sacks. You got you JC Jackson for the picks. Yeah. You don't really seek out defenses though when you're drafting. I mean, if it falls I mean, to you, you'll take it. But you're not going to give up a, you need a, a defense tenth. though. No, not, you're not going to pick like, them high, but you need yeah. a defense. I mean, this might so, be one of the under the radar defenses too that you can get last yeah, round. Yeah, discount. Yeah, this, I mean, yeah. So we're getting we we talked about we talked about getting guys on value, and you know that goes the same for defensive units. So check this defense out, and you know if you can get the Packers defense too, which we we didn't really talk about on a, on some sort of discount, go do it, please. I don't even know if that's possible anymore, but please get it on discount if you can. But I guess with that to wrap up here, anything else? from anyone before we talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Awesome. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll be talking about the Dallas Cowboys. I was recently introduced to AG1. And wow, if you're someone like me who hates taking pills and vitamins, wants more energy, and wants a more optimized immune system, let me tell you why this is the perfect supplement for you. So what is this stuff, you may ask? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's all those things. And look, this is the perfect thing to start your morning routine, start your day off right with just one scoop of AG1 with some water. And let's talk about AG1. What makes it so great, you may ask? It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, while still tasting good. Tons of people take some kind of multivitamin, right? And it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. And let's talk about the price, right? You might be asking about that. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance, and with that, you know, that's going to save you money, right? It costs you less than $3 a day. While you're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than that cold brew habit, which I do have. I do love my coffee, but uh, talk about what the founder did here. He created Athletic Greens after experience how difficult it was to create an optimal nutritional routine on your own, and I can attest to that. It is extremely difficult on a day-by-day basis. Athletic Greens, they also have over 7,000 five-star reviews, so you know you are getting the best when it comes to Athletic Greens. And also, they're a they're climate-neutral certified company, so you know they care about the environment. And for every purchase, they donate to organizations helping to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry here in the U.S. And right now, it is just time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. Look, to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you one year supply free 
of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash emerging. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash emerging. A-T-H-L-E-T-I-C-G-R-E-E-N-S dot com forward slash emerging. E-M-E-R-G-I-N-G. And that is to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thank you again to Athletic Greens for sponsoring this episode. So with that, you know, we're on the second half here. Everyone's back. Myself, Drew Skyberg, Jared Vlesky, and Zach Roush, Journey Million Squad. And we're going to be talking, as I said in the first half, we're going to be talking about the Cowboys in this half of the episode. So, you know, Dallas Cowboys, uh, interesting season last year. You know, always expectations with America's team, as they say. Uh, Overall, I guess... I'll start with you, Zach. You know, how are you gonna dra- how are you gonna grade the Dallas Cowboys for this past offseason? Um, this is a tough one. The past season, I'll give them a B. They won the division, which everyone expected them to do with how bad that division was. They made the playoffs, lost to the Bucks, who nobody really thought they were gonna beat. So yeah, I'll give them a B. Yeah, I said the same thing. Be um, didn't they lose to the 49ers? Though? They did lose to the 49ers, maybe. Yes, yes. Yeah. Wait, okay. we knew what you meant, Zach. Yeah, yeah. Same thing. I, I said they B as lost. well. Yeah, they had expectations and they, they got upset. So I think B it's is tough because you know, in that NFC, did you guys really think you know, I, I had I had Green Bay going out of the NFC, like, or you know, a team like Los Angeles? Did we all- we all picked the 49ers, didn't we? Did yeah, we? that was the big upset we all had. Yeah. 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 So for me, you know, it's tough. But at the end of the day, which I I, I always say, like, you know, if your expectations win the Super Bowl, I'm going to give you a little grade if you don't win the Super Bowl. But this team might be an exception for me. I'll go B. And, you know, they, they do. They get the job done, right? They did what it was expected of them. They might have not exceeded it, but I'll go B with it. Uh, you know, they still were a solid football team, you know, it seemed. But. Uh, we'll we'll talk about you know the running back situation, the fantasy outlook for all that stuff. You know, at the end of this episode, as we did in the first half. But look, this is gonna be an interesting team, and the offseason just made more question marks for a lot of us. And we'll talk about it here right away. Now, uh, you know, arguably, as we were just talking about before we were recording this, the team got worse. I mean, like if you take last year's team, you take away pieces you know, from that team. And then you get this year's team. And that's basically what, what it was. It was interesting, but the, at the end of the day, you know, guys need to get paid and that that'll happen with this. And I guess the first guy, you know, where we saw was a casualty to this was Mari Cooper ship him off to Cleveland. You know, it seemed, what was the draft pick they got again? Was it was like a, a fourth like a or fourth fifth? and a sixth Is or something. Fourth they or? gave up Cooper in a sixth and they got a fifth. Yeah. yeah. So Nothing. talk about, um, an interesting trade, right? Uh, talk, it was just a great trade for Cleveland. We talked about it last week. And, you know, I, I guess I wasn't really a fan of it. But again, look, they they did what they wanted to do. They they got rid of a guy who they'd have to pay. And um, with that, uh, you know, that was just one way, right? They let other guys walk. You know, Randy Gregory talked about other guys they let walk as well. But look, Offseason wise, was there a move that stood out that you guys liked? I guess you know, for me, it's hard to pick one here. I mean, they got rid of Cooper. I mean, they brought in James Washington. That's that's one thing, just to get another receiver. But 
they didn't do much to up their their team in general. I didn't mind that James Washington signing. Kind of like it because um, Michael Gallup probably won't be back for the beginning of the season. I don't think so. You might miss a few weeks. James Washington. He's had a couple weeks, a couple years in the league. He has some experience. He's shown up Pittsburgh. He has flashes where he can't produce. He's not. But he hasn't shown that he's every week starting wide receiver. But I think he's a capable receiver to go across from Lamb. So I think he might have some some nice weeks early in the season before um, Cedric – not Cedric Wilson, uh, Michael Gallup comes back. Yeah, um, I guess still just looking through this. Dalton Schultz uh, – Dalton Schultz, I mean, they keep him, right? They franchise take him. I, I guess just keeping some pieces they had last year. But other than that, right, James Washington, you know, and that's still a smaller side, right? They, they didn't make that big splash, and that's that's okay. But, you know, this team, you know, Jerry's team, looks like they wanted to go more through the draft route, go, uh, you know, cheaper and go maybe a more strategic route. So I, I guess from here, you guys want to talk a little bit about this draft done by the Cowboys. Um, yeah. Going through it. You know, they, they had a lot of picks, so give them credit there. Uh, they had four picks in the fifth round. So th- there's something to with that, but you know, in the first round, they're picked 24th overall. They go Tyler Smith. Look, Cowboys are known for a line. Look, they, they get and, and Smith's out of Tulsa to keep in mind as well. Uh, six, five, you know, see him playing guard tackle range as well. Top of versatility, but uh, look, they want to develop offensive line and they get Tyler be out of Wisconsin a couple of years ago. They're trying to develop him right now. He was starting in some of the bigger games for the Cowboys, but uh, they go defensive and they get their edge. Sam Williams out of Ole Miss Jalen Tolbert. Then they get their receiver out of South Alabama. They get Jake Ferguson out of Wisconsin, a tight end there. But I guess through the draft, just my comments about the draft. Again, it was one that, you know, like the last team that we talked about the chargers, wasn't a draft that maybe caught everyone's attention, but still a good good draft. You know, get got some old, old lineman prospects, certainly prospects. I feel with of course with the guy out of North Dakota as well, Matt Willetsko. He's six seven, three oh five. You know, I they've they've got some prospects. They got him in the fifth round, but overall, right as I said, underrated draft. I'd go you know an average draft. But Zach, what were your thoughts on this draft for the Cowboys? This was probably one of my least favorite drafts by any teams in the NFL. I mean, Tyler Smith, he's very raw, I think. So, year one, if they're going to start him, which I would assume they will with Lael Collins leaving, um, I don't wouldn't be very confident with him starting on that line. And, yes, they went to positions of need, but they really – I just – I think they more targeted – players potential and then not really the players actually showing their potential in production so it's great if you can help those players reach their potential but if they can't get there it's they're kind of wasted picks yeah i mean i agree i I don't think this team is gonna blow anyone's expectations out of the water this year i don't see them going uh better than last year even like as we said they lost a lot of people so getting i mean young potential players like you said might help uh just i don't know they they kind of went with that 
Um, keeping Dak healthy was probably the biggest reason they took uh, Tyler Smith and with Lyle Collins leaving, they needed someone. So they just took him. But if Dak's healthy, that's the biggest question. And uh, they also released uh, Blake, uh, Blake Jarwin, I'm pretty sure. And then that's probably the reason they got uh, Jake Ferguson out of Wisconsin. So there was some um, reasoning to their draft picks, but I mean, they probably weren't the best, like you said, Zach. Look, my question is because as, as we've all mentioned, right, they went, they got projects. And the question with that is, you know, they, they don't go out, resign these big names. I mean, is this team, is this team trying to compete these next few years? I mean, of course, you know, to some extent, but, you know, maybe these two next couple of years, maybe not really trying to really compete, go for some draft picks. Right. And then, you know, just all of a sudden, maybe, you know, year three, you click because the beauty of football is the team. I mean, the team is extremely different from year in year out, you know, strategy wise, like you could see some huge improvement one year, you know, this team could go 12 and five this year, go five and 12 the next year. And that's what makes football, you know, so great in that aspect. But my question is, I mean, is this, is this team trying to compete really uh, these next, like these next, let's say two years. I don't think they are. I think well, with, with the way they drafted, I think it shows like, you know, they understand, you know, some of the powerhouses in the NFL, not even just the NFC, where, you know, maybe this, maybe we, they recognize, look at the team collectively. Maybe we can't compete in this division, in this league, in this conference, right? Uh, I think, I think that might be a statement by the Cowboys front office, but I don't know what you guys think. I definitely, I think you can go, Zach. I think they're kind of taking for granted how weak that division's been. And I think the big question now is, are they even going to win that division? Mm-hmm. A lot of people are starting to talk to Eagles. Obviously, Eagles have made a lot of moves this offseason, bringing in guys like A.J. Brown, drafting uh, Jordan Davis. So they've made their moves, and the Cowboys have regressed. So now it's kind of, who's going to win? You know, Did the Eagles improve enough, or did the Cowboys get that much worse that the Eagles surpassed them? How is that going to go? And then, obviously, Washington brings in Carson Wentz. Is the rest of that team there? I mean, who knows? We'll have to see. But I think this division is up for grabs a lot more than it has been the last year or two. I would say a lot more than it has been, but I wouldn't say that the, the Cowboys won't win it. Um, last year, they beat up on their division, and we're not just talking a few touchdowns. Like, they were winning 50-6 to six against some of these teams. Yeah. So Washington I don't th- Cowboy games were really yeah. bad last year. Yeah. So I don't see them losing the division. I think the Eagles put up a good fight, but I think that the Cowboys either go six and zero or five and one in the division. I don't see the Giants or Commanders winning a game against them. Um, but like, I don't know if they're going to go any further than, than winning the division. I see them as a four seed, win the division, but then obviously Packers, Rams, Buccaneers, um, probably going to win their divisions, I would think, and then the the Cowboys will be fourth. I'm, I'm, that's what I think. They have a tougher Drew, schedule, you, too. Yeah. Um, Drew, who do you have winning division? The, I'll talk about our prediction. Let, let, me give, let me get to it. Let me get to it. Right. Uh, I guess with that, can we go to the record prediction? I, is there anything before, you know, we'll do the record prediction. We'll talk some fantasy outlook then. Yeah. Yeah, let's jump right Awesome. Here we go. 2022 Dallas Cowboys. Here's the schedule. They go hosting Tampa, hosting Cincinnati, at New York, the Giants, hosting the Commanders, at Los Angeles, the Rams at Philly, then hosting Detroit, hosting Chicago, the bye week at Green Bay, at Minnesota, hosting New York, the Giants, hosting Indianapolis, hosting Houston, at Jacksonville, hosting Philadelphia, at Tennessee, and at Washington. 
So I'll go first again. Look, I mean, this might be bold here. I'm going to go nine and eight. And I know that, you know, we've seen them dominate their division the past few years, which I still think, you know, they could finish four and two in this division. But look, these other games are not necessarily cakewalks here. Uh, you know, having NFC North opponents, right? Green Bay, Minnesota, I think you know, those two, they, they could even lose there. They split with, you know, a split with the Eagles, and then they still play the Rams, Bengals, Bucks, Colts. You know, I, I, I'll go nine and eight. I think they'll finish over 500, but I don't know. I don't think this team's a playoff team. Oh, but not a eight. playoff That's team. Bold. That's nine bold. and eight. So you got the Eagles winning the division. I got the Eagles division. I got, I got Eagles winning this division. Ooh. Okay. Well, I originally had 11 and six, but I uh, questioned if the Eagles were going to beat them a game. And I said, yeah, they probably will. So I went 10 and seven. So not much worse than you, but I still see them winning the division and getting the four seed. Like I said earlier, but I, the Eagles might put up a little fight. I'm going to go nine and eight too. So I think that they're going to lose a lot of the games that look tough right now. They're going to lose to Cincy. They're going to lose to was it the Rams, the Packers. I think they're going to lose those games. And then I think they're going to get upset one or two games by teams that we maybe won't expect them to. And then I think they do go either three and three or four and two in the division. Whoa. I'm not, yeah, I'm not a big fan of this Cowboys team this Whoa. year. So do you have to make the playoffs still? And nine and eight. I think they're going to be a seven they can, Okay, they can sneak in. All right. You know, they, so you they have the Eagles winning as well. I, I I got the Eagles. Yeah, but... I have the Eagles winning the division. Oh! Yep. Whoa. Bold. I think the Eagles beat them twice. Okay. Well, I think the Vikings can sneak in that last spot, right? I mean, I, unless... I literally I have... Think, yeah, it's going to be between the, the Vikings and Cowboys for the seven seed. I mean, I, I have... Uh, obviously, I have Packers, Rams, Buccaneers, and I got Cowboys at four. 49ers, five, Cardinals, six, Vikings, or Saints, seven, I said. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the Saints. It'll be Saints, Vikings, yeah. Cowboys for that last seed. Yeah, I could see the Saints and Vikings so, yeah. winning that out. It's I would just, say. Yeah, I don't even see. Cowboys probably won't even make it. Whatever I, team wins the division. Saints. Yeah, if the Cowboys win the division, they'll get the four. But if the Eagles win, the Cowboys, like, like you're saying, they might not even make the playoffs, so. It all depends who it's, I think this is going to be just be a whoever wins is in, whoever doesn't is out. Yeah, I think whoever's second, they'll be close, but yeah, not yeah. thinking about Saints. I think Saints are Saints are going to take that last spot. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you know, to wrap up here, we'll, we'll, we'll do kind of what we did this past, past in that first half. Dak Prescott, you know, will he stay? I'll, I'll word it like this here we go. Do you guys think he will stay? So he was seven last year. He was QB seven. Do you think he'll be higher or lower than that spot? I'm going to go lower easy. But lower. lower, do you mean like eight, nine, ten? Yes. Like that, like that yeah, way? Like, yeah. do, will he stay in this top ten? No. no, he's lower, definitely. Like not even top ten? I would say he's top 15, top 12, not top 10. I'd say around 12, somewhere around there. Yeah. But I, I guess with Derek Carr, you know, he was at 13. See him make a leap. Kirk Cousins, I think he could crack the top 10 you know, for fantasy outlook. So based on weapons, too. His offensive line is a lot worse, and he lost, obviously, Murray Cooper, that Cedric Wilson. So. Their defense will still be great, though. As well. He'll be solid. Yeah. 
okay, so Ezekiel Elliott, right? He got all the bad rap last year. He still finished as running back six. He still had over a thousand yards. He, he was still, not, yeah, he, yeah, he still, like Jared said, he still had yeah. over a thousand yards. I guess where, where would you guys be drafting him uh, overall? I mean, I, to talk about it, like <laughs> I wouldn't. I, I in the end, and that's that's where my answer is. I wouldn't be. I he's a guy. I'm not. You know, I I cross out. I say I don't want you on my team, but. Uh, I don't know what your stance is, Zach. Would you want? I mean, on squad. I, I have players that I'm not a big fan of. I'm not a big fan of Zeke, but for the right price, I'll take anyone. Of course, if right. Zeke starts dropping and he's like, if third round for sure, I'll take him. And in the second, team. maybe, yeah, and in the second, maybe depending who's left but I'm not going to be spending a early second or a first round on him. I just see Tony Pollard being their future. Basically. I see. Yeah. I see a, a lot of a regression here for Elliot. I, I mean, you know, and I know some of these players below him had injuries, right? You know, I mean, Kamara was at nine uh, Fournette was at 11 Gibson at 10. I, I feel like even those guys, cause I mean, Chubb at seven, I feel like he could leapfrog Elliot. No problem. Mm-hmm. I, I, I certainly see, Elliot maybe at in the nine through eleven range at you know being generous, but you know it's just tough based on the 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 running backs that are coming up right now, and plus like Jared mentioned, you know sp- splitting time with Tony Pollard that certainly hurts. So would you guys draft Tony Pollard then? As like uh, I'd probably not starter obviously, but like a bench running back, top tier bench running back. I think there's better, there's going to be better options on the table when he's available. So I probably wouldn't. Um, but if it like like same thing with Zeke, if it's getting late in the draft, you're gonna you're gonna take him. I might, but considering maybe if Elliot gets hurt, you know, a stash in that sense. But yeah. again, it depends again at the price, right? But you know, I, I think the Pollard. upside is there if Elliot gets hurt because you know Pollard is already getting touches. I feel like he'll be even more of a focal point, and I feel like that's a good recipe for success. I think, didn't Pollard have a game or two last year where Zeke was out or didn't get a lot of touches and he wasn't as great? Mm-hmm. I think Pollard is a lot better with Zeke just because it's kind of a, they're different types of running backs, so they complement each other well. But I think Pollard, he's probably going to be going around the mid-20s, I would assume. Somewhere around there for running backs. We'll I get just, ADP data, okay. you know, um, ADP for that. From what we talk As about next week, right? In, yeah. And the live show, right? Well, we're going to have some yeah. data stuff. So keep that in mind with other people because we're going to be doing some fantasy football outlook, of course. You know, it's during a million. But I, I yeah, I, I do agree with that, too. I, I think, you know, it, it certainly depends on who he has complimenting with him. But, you know, at the end of the day, if the guy's getting touches, he's getting touches. So. That that's still where where I'll stand with it, and I don't know. I just it's gonna be tough because like right, Dalvin Cook was running back fifteen, right? Derrick Henry was fourteen, Jones was thirteen, right? These guys they've had injuries. Yeah, they had injuries, and look, Elliot, who who's to say? You know, I I know I said the nine to eleven range. You know, who's to say he ends up at fifteen? I mean, mm-hmm. you don't know. I, I that's why you know third round. Yes, yeah, sure, sure. I'll go for a mid mid to late third round, probably for me. But otherwise, I'm not, you know, I'm not a fan. I mean, Zeke said games where he put up like less than two fantasy points. Like mm-hmm. he would he would run up the middle two yards, you get five carries for 
eight yards and then you just like they stop going to him because it's not working and then they go to Pollard. All right. I have one more here. CeeDee Lamb. Will he he was 14, wide receiver 14 last year. Will he finish in the top 10? I didn't know he was that high. Yeah, there you go. Will he finish in the top 10? Uh, I don't see it. I mean, Metcalf was 10. Just block at 11. I and Deontay Johnson was 12. I mean, too many good receivers. There's too many good receivers for him to pass that many. I'd say he's got the targets are there. Yeah, he's gonna get a lot more opportunity. That I'll say yes. I'll say he can finish. I'll say finish at nine or 10. I think he misses out in top 10, but barely. I have when Gallup comes back at 12. And how good Gallup is. I'd say he's top 15, but not top 10. I'd say that too. And he was at 14, so, you know, puts him in the top 15 again. I think he'll go up in spots, though. You know, I don't think he's a 14. I think he'll be more of a 10 or 11 player, you know, looking looking at fantasy rankings there. Um, I guess I'll surprise you guys. Hunter Renfro finished as wide receiver 13 last year. I mean, if that that might shock some people there. With that, any other guys you want to talk about? Like, you know, Dalton Schultz, you want to talk about? He's tight end three. I, I still see him inside the top five for next year. I don't think that's going to change. He was three last year. Yeah. Wow. Eight receiving touchdowns. Jared. Well, I guess for you. wasn't Kittle hurt for a while. And yeah, Kittle was out. Waller was out. Yeah. There's quite a few injuries. Barring I don't injury, think he'll be top five. No. If everyone's healthy, I'd no. say he's top really? seven. Yeah. yeah. There's, we think uh, you got Andrews, you got Kelsey, you got Kittle, you got Waller. That's mm-hmm. four. Yeah. And then you got like a Hawkinson or Goddard, something like that. I even think like Gasicki might have a big year. Yeah. He could be above him. There are a lot of good tight ends. I know you you bring that up, but I'll I'll stick with my gut. I'll I'll go down to top five. I think he'll finish in there nicely still. Um, But yeah, there's Kyle Pitts, right? You're going to throw another guy. Yep. Um, Certainly do. No, it might Mm -hmm. make it a little tougher. No, no fan. I know he's in Seattle. There's a lot of them. Yeah. Tight ends, a nice position. I guess, you know, Five still tough for that might be a stretch for me, but yeah, wow, tight end. So when we do our fantasy previews, you know, the tight end themed episode is going to be a good one. So I guess with that, you know, guys, got anything else here before we wrap up on this Friday morning? I don't think so. Oh. Awesome. So with that live show, check it out. Our social medias: Twitter at JD Sports Pod, Facebook Jordan Drew the Sports Crew. Instagram, Jordan Drew underscore sports, where we have all the information on those social medias. So that will, that is where you will go. If you want to, you know, see everything about the live show, all of our updates, we'll have, we posted everything. So keep that in mind with that, but yeah, we'll be wrapping up. So thank you all for listening to yet another episode of Jordan Drew, the sports crew, the journey to a million, the perfect podcast for you.